0: Welcome to the Upper 90 Football Podcast, providing American coverage and opinions on all things football. I'm Garrett Post.
1: And I'm Justin Ruderman.
0: And we come to you off the back of a very busy weekend in both the Premier League and the MLS. Some big results heading into the international break. We'll start in the Premier League, Justin. um, The early kickoff on Saturday, my Everton playing against Manchester United at Old Trafford. I woke up at 430 for this game, and it was well worth it. Um, honestly, a game that we we could have won. Um, Anthony Martial s- opened the scoring for United uh, just before halftime um, with with a finish off a lovely assist from Bruno. Slight deflection took it away from Pickford, but Andros Townsend scored what was a magnificent goal on the, on the counter attack. Did the Sioux celebration at Old Trafford, um, and it was a really good point for us. What, what are your thoughts on the result?
1: Yeah, it's. United continually uh, underperforming. Maybe it's Everton overperforming against United. Because you would think I mean, United should be winning these games against Everton. Everton are obviously still a good team, but United, if they want to be title competitors, need to be winning these games. And over the past couple seasons, it's been draws continually with Everton. Uh, The last one uh, at Old Trafford was 3-3 with that DCL last-minute equalizer. It was 1-1 the year
0: before that as well.
1: Yeah, it continues to happen uh, at Old Trafford. So it's very interesting to see that uh, matchup continue to produce the same result, regardless of really who's on the pitch.
0: Yeah. I mean, regardless of who's on the pitch, I think is, is is a big point as well, because you look at our starting 11 and still no Richarlison, no DCL, no Seamus Coleman yet, you know, we honestly could have won the game very easily. If Tom Davis doesn't pass to Yeri Mina, who ends up being offside, he he nets what would have been the winner, goes over, does a dance in front of the United Faithful. Turns out he's about a foot offside um, in the 86th minute. But if Tom Davis had taken the shot, he had ha- half the field to himself. If, if he, you know, had any confidence or if it was literally anyone other than Tom Davis, that's Andrews Townsend. It's a brace. It's in the back of the net. And Everton are winning at Old Trafford for the first time since 2013. Um, but even then, you know, like – we should not be able to have a performance like that and, you know, be arguably deserving of winning, of winning the game when we have Solomon Rondon and, and Anthony Gordon starting the match compared to, you know, United, even though it was a rotated squad for them, you know, still the, the likes of Edinson Cavani, Bruno, Anthony Martial, Mason Greenwood, Varane, Luke Shaw, like, there's just no way that they they should be performing so poorly at home. And, you know, yes, they had Ronaldo and Sancho and, Pogba on the bench but I mean I think Ole is really on the hot seat right now United are already almost falling out of the title picture just because their performances are just consistently not impressive um so obviously Ole won't win the sack race thanks Watford unsurprisingly but (laughs) Yeah, yeah no I mean yeah it's
1: interesting because uh it seemed that uh Sir Alex Ferguson criticized Ole because he, he commented to Khabib on social media that you always start your best players seem to be a shot at, at Ole for not starting Ronaldo in this game.
0: See, I, I don't agree with that because I, you know, Ronaldo's 36 as much as he's, you know, a, a freak of nature. I I don't think rotating him should be is, is a Cardinal sin. And I'll be honest. Uh, I thought Ronaldo, if anything, once Ronaldo came on, Everton got better. Um, in, in you know not the other way i think I think Ronaldo almost had a negative impact on on United. Yeah. I thought Cavani was was you know arguably their most dangerous player. He came off Ronaldo defensively was not um very disciplined i mean the the disallowed goal basically came from Ronaldo just sprinting up the pitch when united didn 't have possession off of our own corner, left Tom Davis wide open in the box um so I, I honestly don't think that benching Ronaldo was the problem. I think it was the rest of the performance. I mean, it was way too easy for us to sit deep. You know, they created a few chances, but defensively yeah. they were, the organization was horrible. We were able to hit them on the break. So effectively, they had a couple of last ditch blocks that, that saved what could have been, you know, pretty easy goals for us to had a couple shots that got blocked. I mean, I just think you look at the level of talent that United have, you look at the level of depth, like the fact that this was such a rotated side and yet there's still so much talent. Like the the gulf in talent between R11 and theirs is still utterly ridiculous. Yet, you know, they're just not a, a well they're not a good unit. They're not a well-oiled machine like your city, like your Chelsea, like your Liverpool. They're just not in the same category. Despite yeah, I, the fact I, that they spent all this money and brought in all these players. And and I in my opinion, I, I think it's time for all A to go. I think You know, you look at what Chelsea did last season. It's the same thing as a Lampard situation. So much talent, all these new players, big window, not getting the best out of them. You switch to an experienced manager, they win the Champions League within six months.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Ole's had a lot more time than than Lampard as well. Oh, definitely. But, but, I mean, well, I will say this. I I agree with you on your point of you rotate Ronaldo sometimes, but before an international break, I'm not sure is really the time. But even so, it's not like United didn't, control the game, 72% possession, uh, three times the amount of shots on target. It, they had their chances. They, they, it's just that they can't convert and can't you know get the results, which I mean, I will agree with you that Ole should, should go. I think he should have gone a long time ago, in my opinion. But as a City fan, obviously, I will not complain um, having him in there. I, I don't think he's a very good manager. I think he's one of the worst managers in the Premier League.
0: That I can agree with. But what I will say, Justin, is the stats are misleading here because we had, you know, actually a significant, a significantly higher amount of XG than United did. Their, you know, opportunities, they, they had one, Cavani had a header that Pickford saved relatively comfortably. There was the goal, which only went in because it got deflected away from Pickford. Like, they they had the ball, but they didn't do anything with it, really.
1: Yeah, and, exactly. You know, that's why you got to look at all the stats, right, and, at the XG defen- as well. Yeah,
0: and defensively, they were, you know, they gave us a lot of openings. And, and you know, we did score in the 86th minute due to some horrible defending. It just happened to be slightly offside. But I, I think, even like, yes, they had a lot of the possession, but that's because we let them because they didn't do anything with it.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Anyway, that's enough about this game. We've gone on plenty about it. You know, United struggling, a a, a big point for Everton. The fact that we picked up, you know, I think it's now seven points despite uh, Richarlison and DCL being out for all those games. You know, that's really big for us, and hopefully we'll get them back soon. Let's pivot to Stamford Bridge. Um, As Chelsea defeated Southampton, three goals to one. The scoreline makes it look a bit more comfortable than it actually was. It was Trevo Chaliba opened the scoring in the ninth minute um, from a header from a corner. Um, And then Ward Prowse scored a penalty, really cheap penalty given away by Ben Chilwell on former Chelsea player, of course, Tino Levermento, who's started the season brilliantly. I've been really impressed with him. But then Ward Prowse got sent off for a pretty horrible challenge on Jorginho. Um, Basically, the Juan Bissaka one in the Europa League, um, but maybe a little bit worse. And then Werner ends up scoring and then Chilwell off of what was... An insane sequence of events, including Romelu Lukaku hitting the post from three yards and completely destroying my fantasy week. Thank you very much, Romelu. Um, but yeah, a, a big three points for Chelsea, who you know, despite not playing quite at their best, were able to find a way to to get the results, which is something United, you know, didn't do. Um, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, well, I think you you said it very well. The result, I mean, the scoreline doesn't necessarily reflect uh, the gameplay because. I mean, what the, what happens if WordPress doesn't get sent off, it's still one, one at that point when he gets sent off and then they score two quick, you know, garbage time goals, essentially. So it it could be very well be a draw. uh, If James WordPress doesn't get sent off, not to mention how it's going to affect Southampton in their future games, because obviously he's a crucial, crucial player. So it'll be interesting, but yeah, of course, the stats will favor Chelsea and all that, but uh, it could have could have ended in a draw had Ward-Prowse not gotten sent off. So,
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think just based on the flow of the game, I think Chelsea probably would have gotten a winner despite Ward-Prowse getting sent off. That obviously didn't help. But, I mean, Chelsea were really dangerous. They just weren't converting. Um, and, and, you know, they finally did. But I, I agree, you know, who who knows? Obviously, we'll never know. Southampton may have been able to hold on. I didn't think they looked particularly great defensively. I mean, 20 shots, nine shots on target, obviously inflated a bit by, yeah. um, you know, scoring two goals pa- after the 80th minute, but right. still a, a big three points for Chelsea to bounce back after uh, the defeat to, to City last week, um, obviously. Yep.
1: And keeps them, you know, top of the table, right? So, yeah. and, and yeah. In sole possession of, of first place on 16 points.
0: Yep. Let's go to uh, Molyneux where Wolves picked up a win over Newcastle. Huang Hee Chan uh, continuing his, his really good start, scoring twice. Um, Newcastle actually uh, equalized with Jeff Hendrick in between those two Huang goals. But um, Wolves finally starting to find their feet a little bit. Takes them up to 12th, which is the highest they've been all season. They've now gotten three wins in their last four games. Um, so things are, are starting to look a little better for Brunelage.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, scoring goals is what they've been struggling to do. Their defense has not struggled this year, really. They concede very few goals, uh, generally a max of one. And it's it's the goal scoring that's been a problem. So Huang He-Chan scoring a brace is, is really, uh, you know, a big upside for them. Um, as well as, I mean, I, I'm not sure what the uh, transfer fee for him was, but, I mean, this is what most fans wanted to see from Fabio Silva when they brought him in. And yeah. he's been a, a, a flop, really. I mean, you can be generous if you want, but he, he hasn't produced anything for $40 million or f- euros or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, it's looking up for Wolves. Uh, I, I believe that Wolves would struggle this season. They have been a little bit, but this is you know, a positive result. It is Newcastle, of course. So maybe not take too much, too much from it. But yeah, it gets them you know into 12th place which, you know, yeah. they're, they're climbing up the table because they, they were sitting near the relegation uh, fight earlier in the season. So they're starting to climb.
0: So so the Huang deal is actually alone is what I saw from Leipzig. Oh, okay.
1: So. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah. E-
0: either way, still had, you know, a- an immediate impact, which, you know, right. obviously Fabio Silva a lot younger, but um, wasn't able to do. For Newcastle, I think this is just, man, they are in really, really deep trouble right now, sitting 19th on three points. Um, I-, I think Steve Bruce may go soon but the fact of the matter is that there's really no one for them to replace him with some of the names that that are being thrown around are just not you know I would not say good appointments whatsoever so it's kind of a pick your poison moment for Newcastle they look to be you know in in a lot of hurt right now and I wouldn't be surprised if they were you know relegated at the end of the season I hate to say it but um, I think it is a real possibility at this point um, I like that. A,
1: my that's yeah. what I predicted, isn't it?
0: You predict, yeah. Well, I mean, Southampton are in seventeenth right now. I'm still hoping that they go down and get my prediction right, but we'll see about that. <laughs> All right, let's go to um, Ellen Road, where Leeds picked up a one 0 win over Watford. A rare goal from Diego Lorente um, wins the game for them, and in, in what was, you know, not I wouldn't say a lot of cutting edge in this match. Four shots on target to one. I mean, Leeds had 20 shots, um, but I mean, kind of typical Leeds creating a lot of opportunities uh, missing the vast majority of them, but an unlikely source finds them a winner. It's a big point for Leeds, you know, a, a big talking point in the, in the week, or it's a big three points for them rather. Um, Cause a big talking point was, you know, they were sitting in the relegation zone. They pick up their first win of the season, gets them up out of the bottom three places on six points um, and, and really a win that they needed at this time, considering the amount of pressure, you know, people talking about second season syndrome. Oh, Bielsa's finished. I mean, obviously that's not the case, but those are some of the reactions we were seeing on the internet. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Justin?
1: Yeah. I mean, as you say, very big result for Leeds. leads. They, they really needed this. The start to their season has been a, a complete struggle. Um, I'm one who obviously backs Bielsa. I really think he's a top manager, not only in the league, but in the world um and these are these are the games you need to win. I mean, obviously Watford are above them in the table right now, but I think we all are aware Watford are not as good of a team as Leeds, and the 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 games you should be winning, I, I believe early in the season Leeds drew with Newcastle, so not, I mean, it's it's finally getting the results that need to uh put you you know in that middle area of the table around that tenth spot, maybe a little bit lower but yeah I, I don't know if Leeds will be able to climb back into the top half like they did last season. But I do think that this, this will be the start of their upswing uh, in in the season, because I, I think they're a very quality team. And again, with a top manager.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll quickly just touch on Burnley and Norwich drawing nil, nil at turf Moor. I mean, this is a really poor result for, for both sides. They both needed to win this relegation six pointer. Neither of them did. They're both firmly in 20th and, and 19th. Um, I think it's probably a worse result for, for Burnley than it is Norwich, considering I think everyone already considers Norwich to be going down. And Burnley are, are hosting you know, the worst team in the league and can't find a way to get a single goal, despite the fact that Norwich have been hemorrhaging goals this whole season. So poor result for both of those teams.
1: Yeah, well, I would, I would argue it's not a poor result for Norwich. It's their first point of this entire season. So. I mean,
0: yeah, but, but it's, if they wanted to that survive, they, yeah. they still needed to win this game.
1: Of course, of course they did, um, and as you say, both teams still sitting in the relegation zone. Uh, I, I think that everybody predicted Norwich twentieth, and it seems to be that way. But yeah, I mean, first point of the season, um, it could be it could be a looking up point for Norwich. I mean, in their locker room, they're they're probably saying, "Finally, we got a point, guys. We can do this. We're not like they're not better than us. Come on, we can you know play with these teams, and maybe that they can that can flip their mentality." Um, but of course, no, I I, it's I don't not think happening.
0: that no, it's not happening.
1: Yeah, but my point being, it's not a horrible as result for Norwich. It's it's a better result for Norwich than Burnley for sure. Um, But yeah, both teams, if they don't want to get relegated, need to get three points from these uh, relegation six pointers.
0: Yeah, I think Burnley are in a lot of trouble. To be honest, there's there's a lot of teams who could go down this year. I think Burnley are firmly in the running for that. They have City next. Um, and then Southampton, Brentford, who obviously have been on fire, and we'll talk about them in a second. And then Chelsea after that. So not a good run of fixtures for them coming up. They're sitting in 19th. This is, you know, the worst start that they've had in a dice that I can remember, probably since they were relegated back in what 2014, 2015, something like that. Um, so yeah, they're they're not doing well right now.
1: Definitely not. So
0: speaking of Brentford. They picked up what was a massive victory at the London Stadium over West Ham, thanks to a Visa last-minute winner. That's now twice that he scored clutch goals in consecutive weeks after obviously netting the equalizer against Liverpool last week. Now comes off the bench, scores a a, a really solid uh, half-volley, beats Fabianski, gives the Bees all three points at the home of one of their London rivals. Um, I mean, Brentford are just shocking everyone. I mean, obviously, I know you didn't have them to go down. I did, which is uh, looking to be a horrible mistake at the moment as they sit in seventh on 12 points, level with Spurs, but they have a positive goal difference of positive four compared to Spurs' negative four. I mean, the the Bs, Thomas Frank is working wonders.
1: Absolutely. As you said, I, I backed them before the season. I always thought that they would um, – I didn't think they were going to get relegated. I just think that the club is extremely well run. And of course, Thomas Frank, as you say, uh, has them in peak shape. Um, but this is, this is the result of the season, really, for Brentford. in my opinion. This is a big win and, and one that I wouldn't have expected them to get. Obviously, they beat Arsenal, but that was on the first uh, game of the season. And, um, you know, Arsenal were struggling at the beginning. So I, I would say that this is a bigger result, honestly, to beat West Ham um, at the London Stadium. And it's Brentford are a, a contender. I mean, in as far as like mid table, not not like title, obviously, or anything like that, or even Europe. But no, I um, don't
0: think they're. Gonna, I don't think but, they're going to
1: get in Europe. But, but no, of course. But to get uh, from to get relegated to be promoted, excuse me, um, and finish in top half is an extreme uh, success, and we yeah. showed it last year. And that's where that's what I that's where I think they might be able to do it. So. It's it's a great start for them. Obviously, they play very, very well. Can they keep it up all season? That's the question, because it's it's one thing to start a season well. We've seen it. Uh, we saw Norwich do it a couple of years ago with Pookie just scoring a bunch of goals at the beginning of the season and then falling off. Will Brentford be able to keep it up is the, is the question for me. Um, and, and honestly, I think they will. Obviously, they'll drop from seventh um, uh, at some point, but I think they'll stay around that mid-table, and I'm – very happy with my uh, prediction of them not going looking good.
0: Yeah. No, your prediction is looking good. Definitely. I, I think I also think they'll. I, I honestly think they'll probably finish just outside of top half. I just think there, there are other teams who will probably be more consistent than them across yep. the whole season. I think West Ham probably being one of those we'll see Brentford now have Chelsea and Lester as their next two. So, I mean, if they can get, you know, one, two points out of that, that would be a huge success for them. Um, yet again, we'll see. Those are two very interesting games.
1: As for West Ham, I mean, this is a game they need to win. they If they yep. want to compete for Europe and, and compete to get in, into Europe again, that's what they need to do. I mean, this would have, you know, put them in the European spots where Brentford is, are right now. Um, but it, it's, it's a game that West Ham need to win and they've been playing very well at the start of the season. Um, so I, it was surprising, uh, this result for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Leicester who uh, obviously uh, Brentford will be playing in a couple weeks, as just mentioned. Um, they drew two, two at Selhurst park um, in, in a game that honestly, I, I think palace should have won both of Leicester's goals in, we in the first half within six minutes of each other, extremely against the run of play, just two uh, bad defensive errors from palace. The, the first one um, Anderson just completely, let Ianacho walk through basically a horrible giveaway. Ianacho finishes pretty calmly. And, and then Vardy, um, just a few minutes later, puts one away in, in typical Vardy fashion. Um, a really nice finish where he actually looked off Guaita into the wrong corner and then slid it into the near post. Just classic Jamie Vardy composure. Um, but Palace, credit to them, a lot of character. They came back. Elise scoring his first goal off the bench. And then Jeffrey Schlupp, the former Fox himself, heading home. Um, I think there's a lot of questions being asked about Lester right now. They have not started the season very well. Obviously they were amazing out of the gates the last two years, you know, were are in the top four of the entire season, basically until the very end when they dropped out, you know, the last match week of, of both of the, the previous two seasons, but they're sitting in 13th right now, only eight points from seven games. Um, questions being asked of Brendan Rodgers. um, what are your thoughts on, on Lester season so far? And I guess palace as well. Cause I think they're um, I think Vieira is doing a, a decent job thus far.
1: Yeah. I mean, I took the words out of my mouth. Really qu- questions need to be asked about Lester because uh, I mean, palace were the better side in this game. And so that shouldn't be happening against a, a team like Lester um, who are, you know, 13th and 14th sitting in the table now. Um, but Obviously, Palace, you know, not looking bad. As you say, Vieira is is settling in pretty well. Um, obviously, it's going to still take some time for him to get it. But, you know, Palace obviously don't have as high expectations as Leicester. So sitting in 14th is not at nearly as bad as Leicester sitting in 13th. And the question to me really is, well, is Brendan Rodgers in the hot seat? Should he go? Because this is, a, this is a very, very poor start. I know he was very good last season, but if he can't quickly turn this around, I'd I wouldn't be shocked if he gets sacked soon enough. What, are you, what is your opinion on that?
0: I, I think he still deserves a bit more time. I think he's earned, you know. I think he's earned at least until at least Christmas, if not longer. In in my opinion, just what he's done with Leicester, oh. you know. two, you know, I would say they should have finished in the top four. Obviously, they bottled it, you know, the last two seasons. I think they they arguably deserve to, you know, won them their first ever FA Cup just um, a few months ago. Uh, I think he deserves a bit more time, but I definitely think he needs to turn it around or, or, you know, he's going to be on the hot seat very, very soon. I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat yet. I I think he's done too much to, to, you know, be given such a a short leash. Um, But no, I definitely think that he needs to turn it around. I definitely think Leicester are massively underperforming at the moment.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's I, of course he won them the FA cup and the Supporters shield. um, So big things for him, but, yeah, and, and speaking of a Leicester, by the way, we we talked about the uh, the Watford game, but we didn't mention their new manager, who of course right, was Claudio Ranieri, who former Leicester manager. Um, so that that's interesting. I'm I'm glad to have him back in the prem. Um, I, I hope he can keep Watford up.
0: Yeah, from a Watford perspective, I think this is absolutely disgraceful. Um, I hate it's what Watford Watford's... do, isn't it? Yeah, but it's horrible, man. It's just like this is a manager who came in halfway through last season, turned your entire season around, you know, got you automatic promotion, not even like through the playoff or anything. They were brilliant in the back half of last season. Um, And it's not even like Watford have been that bad. They're not even in the relegation zone, right? They're in 15th, but seven points from seven games, not horrible. You know, I've seen a lot worse um you know daniel farca is still in a job like you just think about it that way and, and he's about to get relegated for a second time um you know obviously premature to say but not really because norwich are off yeah. but yeah. i mean like i swear watford literally haven't been that bad and this sacking comes off the back of losing uh, to to leads at ellen road you know a team that finished ninth last season and it was only one goal you know and which came from a center back like I just think it's extremely harsh. I, I, I think Watford are going to go down now, personally. I think having to change their entire identity, changing manager, mid, middle of the season, you know, it, like it worked for them last year in the championship, but I don't think they're going to get away with it in the prem. They did it a couple years ago and they, they, they did it twice when they were in the league last time, you know, Nigel Pearson had them actually with a chance of staying up. And then with like two games to go, they sacked him for no reason. Like, I hate Watford's policy of, you know, literally a manager does anything wrong. They sack him immediately. I think it's idiotic. I think it's disgraceful. I feel horrible for those fans. You know, this was a manager that they were behind. that They really liked who, you know, had them playing really, really well last season. And then he's gone just like that with, you know, I really don't think he deserved to be sacked. I really don't. And, and I think, you know, I, I almost hope Watford go down now because I just think it's a disgrace. And I think they need to stop doing it.
1: As you can see, Garrett has absolutely no passion about this subject. Um, I just
0: think it's outrageous, and I don't like Watson as a club personally. I know, but I, I know. it's still this still pisses me off because this is a football club here. These are fans. Like, it's just I, a bit I,
1: insane. I agree. It's it's harsh, but it, and I. I I'm not surprised by it. That's what I can say. It's harsh, but I'm not surprised. Oh no, by it's not. It's not it surprising hard. because we
0: know that. Yeah, but it's not surprising. But that doesn't make it any less ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and and Rainieri's first game in charge is going to be against Liverpool.
0: Oh dear God, he's he might get sacked after that one. One week. <laughs> They're gonna lose about five nil, and then Ranieri's gonna be gone the next morning. I mean, I also don't think Ranieri's really an upgrade. He's he's has it's as a I was watching the Irish guy video uh, yes last night and. He said, "This is it's ridiculous because this is a manager with a reputation of getting sacked. I mean, since he won the title with Leicester, he hasn't lasted a season in a single job that he's been in, right? And then he's going to the club that sacks managers seemingly every three weeks. And I, I think there's no chance. I would put money right now that Ranieri does not make it to the end of the season. There is no chance that he makes it. I don't even think. I think it's very plausible that he could get sacked before Christmas." Oh, wow. I really yeah. do believe that.
1: What, who do you, here's the question then. Who will get sacked first, Ranieri or Brendan Rodgers?
0: Oh, Ranieri, 100%. 100%. I think, the, I think the better question would be who's getting sacked first, Ranieri
1: or Steve Bruce. Okay, okay. Do we want to put Ole in this conversation?
0: We, we could. I mean, same caliber of manager right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, so you're not know. wrong no, okay, it, 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 okay. we may be that, laughing think, but it's not think a joke that, I, think that's a, I think that's a bit extreme I don't I mean, it's not, okay I mean I'm not going to compare him to Steve Bruce like, as much, I as, I Bruce Ole, is... as, much well, as I don't think Ole as much as I don't think Ole is a good manager he's not as bad as Steve Bruce I, I can't I'll say, say this
1: that. Steve Bruce is the worst manager in the Premier League Ole is probably second
0: well I think Ranieri is, is second now
1: He had one magical
0: season and he's been, and that was what, six years ago. And he's been
1: God awful since. And what has Ole done? Uh, I mean, finished second a couple times. Uh, well done. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it's a lot of these managers are under, uh, are under pressure. Um, and that's, why we're having this conversation right
0: no i I think we could be seeing a lot of empty uh positions in in the not too distant future all right we've talked about this long enough quickly arsenal getting a point on the road at brighton actually that's uh, i think that's being generous to arsenal they got dominated in this game i think they're lucky to get a point i thought brighton were the superior team but brighton pulled a brighton had 21 shots only put two of them on target Um, So, you know, basically classic Arsenal, classic Brighton, nil-nil. Justin, let's get on to the biggest game of the weekend. Liverpool 2, City 2, at Anfields. Walk us through
1: it. All right. What a game. Well, first of all, what a week for Manchester City, of course. Chelsea, PSG, and Liverpool within a week. Um, The first half was... very interesting, but not as much, not, not very eventful comparatively to the second half, right? Uh, Liverpool controlled possession for the first 10 minutes, uh, made a couple chances, uh, but nothing major. City then dominated from about the 15th minute to the 45th minute, completely dominated the game um, with possession and creating chances. Uh, there was a penalty shout when James Milner from behind tripped Phil Foden. Uh, in my opinion, Phil Foden continually gets punished for not diving. Uh, Sala, in that position, dives and gets the penalty every uh-huh. well, time. Well, it's
0: not even. But it's not even just quickly to cut you off, sorry. It's yeah. not even diving, because diving implies that it's not a foul. It's going down. It's not going down when you're fouled, which, like, you should be getting rewarded for that, if anything, not punished. And that's why diving won't leave anytime soon, because it's the only way to get a penalty. And you're right. Sala goes down a thousand times out of a thousand and he gets the penalty.
1: Yeah. And it's a good clarification because it's not a dive. It's, it's going down when you're fouled. Uh, Exactly. And in Phil Foden was fouled. Now there's the debate would be whether it's in the box or not. In my opinion, it continued into the box. There should have been a penalty, Um, but either way, Paul Tierney should have called uh, a foul No doubt. And in my opinion, uh, Mike Dean, I believe was the VAR. Uh, He should have overturned that and given a penalty, in my opinion. Um, So that that was, you know, shout there. But then we move on to the second half, which all the action happened, right? Rip roaring. Um, Absolutely. I mean, back and forth. The, the game you expect for Manchester City, Liverpool, it's why it's considered by many to be the best fixture in world football right now. The second half showed it. Uh, Sadio Mane with a fantastic goal on the counter, s- attack assisted by Salah. Um, and then uh, Phil Foden, of course, coming back and and just burying a finish into the bottom right corner uh, w- with you know, a perfect, perfect finish. You really couldn't have placed it any better. And then Mohamed Salah with a goal of the season contender. Ugh. Turning Zhao Cancelo inside out, turning Laporte inside out, uh, it it was the ball uh, roll is disgusting at the beginning of that on Cancelo just disgusting yep. the, the amount of close control
0: here and then finish it finishes it with his weak foot off the post and in
1: yeah uh, I, I mean it's ridiculous it's it's a goal of the season contender it's uh it, a, in individual brilliance for Mohamed Salah. Um, it's why many consider him the best player in the Premier League. I consider him second best, but I'm a little bit biased. Uh, to the guy who scored the equalizer, Kevin De Bruyne, who, uh, you know, a, a really classic Kevin De Bruyne finish, really, um, from from about 18 yards out, just passes it really into the corner. Uh, I, I almost thought he missed it, really, but it, it snuck in there. Um, well, it, it was, snuck
0: in because it took a deflection. It, right. I, I, think, I think Allison was going to save it. It, it was actually relatively central. It was at a very saveable height. I think Allison saves that, but Matip tries to block it. It goes off Matip and goes centrally past Allison, who was already diving to make the save. So a little bit fortunate, but I, I, I think it was deserved. I thought City, you know, I I, don't, I think a, a draw was definitely a, a fair result in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would argue that City deserved the win. Um, number one, because of the the missed penalty, um, but also because... Uh, I, they were the better side overall. They they dominated the first half uh, and the second half was pretty even. So if, you know, could have capitalized in that first half, potentially win the game. And additionally, James Milner should have been sent off. The fact that he didn't yeah. get a second yellow for that horrendous tackle on Bernardo Silva is flipping him over uh, a horrendous call. At... Paul Tierney had a shocker in this game. He really did. Um, and that is just one where James Milner being uh you know a veteran of the league he doesn't get sent off where i think a lot of other players would and and that's a problem to me
0: yeah i agree and speaking of bernardo silva can we just talk about his run in the first half to set up please who's who shot you know was saved by allison but that was utterly ridiculous like that was very very messy like from him and i was gonna say Salah's goal was also very messy like um But, yeah, Bernardo Silva, that that, that run, that just – I was like, wow, that deserved a goal, and I I was sad that Foden couldn't convert it, not only because uh, Bernardo Silva deserved an assist for that unbelievable run, you know, beating about six players and and then feeding a perfect ball to Foden, um, but also because, obviously, I wanted City to win this game. Shocker. but um, Of course. Yeah, I I think – I mean, you say the second half was even. I, I would almost say that the second half might have been a bit in favor of Liverpool because, you know, City dominated possession in the first half. The the final stat ends up being 52 to 48% in, in favor of City, which kind of shows us I think the second half, Liverpool maybe had had a little bit of better of the play. They had four shots on target compared to City's three, but City had twice as many total shots, 12 to six. Again, kind of boils down to City not having a, a proper goal scorer with a world-class number nine. I think City win this game um shocker you know we're basically gonna be talking about that every week because it's it's a consistent theme with city this season and i just don't think there's any escaping it
1: no i mean it's it's definitely true it continues to show in most games if not all games so I, i mean i agree with you i've continues to be my main problem um but as as neville said uh we get Kane and this the league's over so now it's a competitive league and i i I obviously I predicted Man City to win you Chelsea but it, it's up there I mean Liverpool could win it even United theoretically could could do it
0: yeah I, I think I think everyone kind of understands that unless Ole goes I don't think United win the title City Liverpool Chelsea are just all too strong too deep I mean I'd say Liverpool probably has the worst depth out of the three but the fact of the matter is that they're starting 11 is you know unbelievably good um, just like, you know, obviously City and Chelsea as well. But with the fact that it matters, if Liverpool stay healthy, which is still, you know, something that will remain to be seen, um, I think it's, it's a three-horse race and it's a toss-up because, you know, these are three fantastic teams and, and this makes for what I think will probably be the best Premier League title race that we've seen in many, many years.
1: Yeah, I hope I hope so.
0: And with that, Justin, I think we will move on to the MLS um, would you like to start with El Tráfico?
1: I'd like to finish with El Tráfico, honestly. Okay,
0: we can with El let Let's start with okay. Well, then let's get the quakes out of the way because I All don't right. really want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the quakes going to Vancouver in in what was, to be honest, kind of our our last gasp chance to try to rein in some points on on a team who are also you know right on the fringe. They're actually in the playoff spots thanks to this win, but you know it's it's a six pointer in terms of you know, playoff spots in, in the West, Brian White scoring a hat trick for Vancouver. Um, You know, I I thought it was a bit harsh. We had 60, 60% possession, five shots on target to their six, 11 shots to their 18. We did not deserve to lose this game three nil. In my opinion, it was just Brian White having just a clinical game himself um, and the quakes not being able to put away opportunities, which is, I would not say the most surprising thing, but it was quite a depressing match for us. I, I think that kind of, marks the end of our season in my opinion um and so now at this point all i care about for the quakes is uh beating you guys at the bank on the 16th we will both be there in attendance <laughs> together so hopefully that'll be fun for me and not you but i think it'll be fun either way
1: yeah i mean the past matchups between us have been uh more fun for you so
0: oh definitely but then before that it was more fun for you i mean so the interesting thing is obviously we'll talk about the game more before it happens but um, the, the 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 series between LAFC and, and the Quakes is now five wins for LAFC, four wins for Quakes. But the interesting thing is that all of those wins have come consecutively. LAFC won the first five games in a row. The Quakes have now won the last four games in a row. There's never been a draw between the two teams. So hopefully I'm not just jinxing that. But yeah, anyway, point no, is... It's, the Qua- the, it's a good point. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was just going to say the point is the Quakes... Don't really have much to play for now. I, I think our playoff chances are over. I think Almeida may is, you know, it's very possible that he leaves this summer, and I wouldn't blame him. He hasn't really been backed. And I think, you know, had he been, you know, there was there was a chance that we could have done better. We've had some players who have, you know, been playing really well this season, notably trophies. I, I hope that he stays, but with the you know, assuming Almeida's leaving, you know, smaller chances of that there. I'm not sure. We'll see. But I mean, a pretty horrible result for the quakes. One that I don't think was necessarily deserved. You know, maybe we deserve to lose a game just because we weren't clinical, but three in0, I think is super harsh and just puts a really sour note on going into the end of the season for the quakes.
1: Yeah. And, and for Vancouver, a really big result. Um, Huge. I mean, it keeps them uh, in, in the playoff race. Uh, they're in eighth place right now, one point behind uh, Minnesota. For that, for that seventh spot, that last playoff spot, Um, and if you look at their schedule coming up, every single game they have left is against a a rival for that playoff spot. They play well. First of all, they play. Your guys are going to get another shot at them in a in a few weeks. But they play Seattle twice. They play. I'll be there
0: actually on the twenty third. I'll be there at PayPal Park.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. So you hopefully you can see the revenge. Uh, there, but yeah, they play, as I said, Seattle twice, Portland, Minnesota, sporting Kansas city, uh, and Vancouver and then, uh, LAFC, of course. So, uh, Seattle and sporting Kansas city, of course, are, are not necessarily, uh, playoff contenders. They're, they're the number one spot. They're all of these blocks. are, right. All of these are either contenders or in those playoff spots right around there. None of no more games against the Houston or the, sorry, the Texas teams, um, which are round out the bottom. Speaking of which we can look at the Austin FC result where they got a win against RSL two to one, uh, which is a a big result for them.
0: Yeah. RSL sitting in fifth, you know, have been playing really well as of late. Um, But Austin, you know, from the bottom of the table and and I've been saying it for a while, Justin, I I don't think they really deserve to be down there. I think the way that they've played, they've gotten pretty unlucky with, with a lot of the results that they've had. But, um, I mean, this is another big win for them. They've had a, a few recently. Obviously, they beat uh, Carson a couple of weeks ago. Um, and now they pick up a win over RSL. So, I think, you know, definitely things looking up a bit for Austin. I think they'll do a lot better next season, personally. For RSL, um, you know, kind of dampening their, their charge at trying to get, you know, a home, home field advantage in the playoffs. They're right. now firmly behind Portland, you know, a full seven points with the same amount of games played. Um, Portland in fourth, Salt Lake in fifth. And and speaking of Portland picking up another win, you know they are on fire right now. So I, I think this is a pretty tough loss for RSL. I think it means that they're they're likely going to finish in between fifth and seventh, um, with you know Galaxy and and Minnesota, you know breathing down their necks. So um, disappointing loss for RSL for sure. And and you know another positive for Austin to take out of what has otherwise been a pretty um, awful season.
1: Yeah, and as you say, um, it, it really creates that gap. Uh, between the, the RSL and Portland um, yeah. f- in, that, in that four to five spot, which, I mean, is really, really big. And as you say, Portland, what have they won now? Eight in a row? It's unbelievable the way they've That's just awesome. flipped. It's, they've just flipped their season on their head, really, since they beat uh, LAFC, if I'm not mistaken. They, they have started to play much better. It um, was even
0: before that, Justin, it was when they beat Seattle in Seattle. That completely changed everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Since the, it's, I, I don't
0: think they've lost since then.
1: It's it's really impressive the way that they've just flipped their season on their head. I mean, it's Portland Tempers. We expect to be a quality team continually competing for the top spots in the West. And at the beginning of the season, it didn't look that way. It, it looked really that they weren't even going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And they have absolutely turned their season on the head and continually uh, just produce results in in the most important part of the season at the end. Um, and we look at teams like you, like San Jose, we look at teams like, well, I guess San Jose hasn't, hasn't, wasn't really high up, but, uh, no, but we were right
0: in around, we were right in and around where Portland were before this explosion.
1: Yeah. And LAFC could be another example, but obviously we haven't been fantastic either. I think the best example would honestly be LA galaxy who continue, uh, to fall, um, since they, they almost looked like they had that third or fourth spot locked up. Yeah. They're all now. the way down
0: in, in sixth now.
1: They're still they're they're fighting for playoffs right now. They got to c- make sure they can c- cement that. Um, so yeah. I
0: just want to say, Justin, quickly, since that win in Seattle, so they lost to Austin on August 21st, which is bad, obviously. But then since they they shocked Seattle in Seattle on August 29th, they won that. Listen to these results: they beat Houston, they beat Vancouver, they drew with Portland with ten men. They beat LaFC. They destroyed RSL. They beat LaFC again, and now they beat Inter. So they've just been on an insane, insane run of results, and completely, as you said, flipped the script, turned their season around. Been extremely impressive.
1: Yeah, got to give them all the credit in the world there. Um, and and we can move on to uh, Sporting Kansas City, who have continually been quality this season. Um, I thought that they would snatch that one spot, but it's it's looking like they're gonna give that up to Seattle now. Uh, since Seattle are two points up with a game in hand in that in that one spot, um, Kansas City did get the win this week. So you know, keeping pace, but it's against Houston. So of course they should be winning that game. Uh, they got a four-two win there with uh, a Johnny Russell brace. Uh, Shaloi getting another. I mean, Shaloi has been unbelievable this season. Yeah. Uh, certainly an MVP candidate. Um, yeah, yeah, and they they continue, and then obviously uh, Seattle getting the three yeah. 3-0 win over Colorado. Yeah, that's that's, to, that's to what to I was going to maintain their right one there. spot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean a big win because I mean Colorado have been really good as of late. Another team that I wouldn't say they were like towards the bottom, but they were not you know, a a top three team in the West for the vast majority of the season. And then they kind of exploded, you know, about a month or two ago all the way up in third now, but this is, you know, definitely gives Seattle a little bit of breathing room in front of Colorado. Um, So Seattle still in first, they have a game in hand over Kansas city, uh, two points above them. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is time to move on to the big game of the week, the El Trafico. Yeah. Uh, LAFC LA galaxy at dignity health sports park. I was in attendance uh, f- for this exciting game. One, one, a lot of people might not think it was, it was the best game. I thought it was pretty good. Honestly, uh, pretty back and forth. There were chances on both sides. Um, again, like, city i will say there there was a clear penalty not given for lafc um i could see it from my seat and then i saw uh from from you know 100 200 yards away i could see it and the referee couldn't see it from 10 feet i I don't understand Uh, i saw the replay after the game extremely clear penalty um and then galaxy on the other hand the same they had two looping headers loop from the right side over to the left side hit the top left bar same thing twice so they could have easily snatched the the three points, uh, so it, it could have gone either way. Um, was a good game, but not not the result that either team needed, really, especially LAFC, um, because you know it puts Galaxy in sixth uh, and only two points above uh, Minnesota. Or sorry, only two points above Vancouver, one point above Minnesota. So Vancouver are in that eighth spot. So if they, you know, drop points in Minnesota and Vancouver can easily hop them and they can slip out of the playoffs that easily. Um, as for LAFC, of course, we it's it's not a good result for us either. We we need three points. Um, you said it It felt like the end of the season for San Jose losing to Vancouver. It, it, it felt pretty similar here. We needed three points. Uh, it's It's not necessarily over-over, but there's going to be – some luck involved and a lot of uh, results needed i think we need at least seven points in the next three games to to put us back on track um and if we don't we probably have to beat seattle to get into the playoffs which would be extremely difficult to do obviously
0: i mean yeah just looking there's six games left i think you guys need to win four of them um at least to get in
1: Yeah, at least. And I mean, LAFC and and Quakes are in pretty similar positions. Uh, We're just one point ahead of you. So, but we're both going to hope for that. And then of course, um, Minnesota and Vancouver both have a game in hand over the teams around them. So, I mean, if they both win that game in hand, Galaxy are out of the playoffs.
0: Wow, that would be quite the story. I mean, this also sets up the game that we're going to, you know, even better because at this point, it's it's kind of last chance saloon for for both these teams, for both LAFC and and the Earthquakes. I think whoever wins that game, their season will still be alive. I think whoever loses is done. I think if it's a draw, they they both go home. So it will really be. I think neither team will really have anything to lose in terms of the fact that. You know, they have to win. They have to go for the win will hopefully make for an entertaining game in terms of just El Trafico. I think, yeah, obviously, Galaxy hitting the bar twice, um, it makes the stats look a little bit better for for LAFC. Seven shots on target to one kind of suggests that, you know, LAFC were not clinical enough, um, which isn't really surprising considering a lot of their attacking talent is out injured. Um, But 36% possession, I think that's really interesting because I'm not sure if we've seen the Galaxy dominate possession against LAFC like that in in a long time. It's usually kind of the other way around, but then uh, uh, Galaxy are hitting them on the break. Seemed like it was a bit of the opposite um, on Sunday. And yeah, but I think it's really interesting that that Galaxy are putting themselves in a very vulnerable position here. And I I think if they managed to somehow drop out of the playoff spots after the beginning of the season that they had, uh, I think we would both really love that because it would be quite hilarious, honestly.
1: Yeah, as you say, LAFC are just taking some shots from further out, and then uh, obviously the bars don't count as you know on target. So the stats might be a little bit, but it was, it was a pretty even game. Um, I, I would agree. And as you say, that that game that we're going to be going to LAFC against San Jose at the Bank in a couple of weeks is is going to be a playoff six pointer. It's going to be huge. Both teams needing to go uh, for six points or for, sorry for three points, and that's it. It felt like we weren't doing that uh, this weekend. Uh, Against Galaxy, it felt like we were okay with the draw, which I, I really didn't like that feeling. So, I mean, if, if we don't make the playoffs, both of us, both of our coaches are under the hot seat. I've even heard uh, actually Almeida could come to LAFC. So, we'll see. But do, do you want Almeida out if you don't make playoffs?
0: No. No, I don't. I, I think okay. Almeida will leave on his own volition because our ownership has done absolutely nothing to support him. I think going to LAFC would be a really good move for Almeida, to be honest. I think, I think you know, hopefully considering how poor of a season it's been for you guys, by far, by far your worst since the creation of the club back in 2017. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of dominoes falling, a lot of turnover next season, but that means a lot of opportunity for whoever the next manager is going to be, ca- assuming that Bob gets sacked, which I think if he doesn't, you guys are clinically insane. Um, I think there should be a lot of opportunity for backing. And so if Almeida comes in and can get players that he wants um, and, and Thorrington and, and the ownership support him, I, I think it could be a, mo- a good move for LAFC and for Matias Almeida, obviously not for the Quakes, but um, I'm, I'm not sure. That would be honestly fascinating to see what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, I want Bob to be sacked, but I, I don't have much confidence in it happening, um, which... It's just, it just doesn't make sense. If, if we're sacking Bob at the end of the season, what are we doing right now? He, it seems like he's getting the young players in that he can you know, find who he likes and who he wants to keep and who he wants to build around for the future. Um, obviously, I, I believe it's very likely Vela moves on after, at the end of the season. I think it's uh, even more likely Atuesta moves on at the end of the season. So uh, two, two very key players to lose. And then Chicho, uh, Arango, and Brian Rodriguez become you know, the two talisman who you you build around um, and whoever else he picks, maybe Mamadou Fall he likes for the future. That That's what it seems like we're doing almost. So that's why I have uh, questions around whether Bob will get sacked, but I hope that he does.
0: If he does, would you take Almeida?
1: It's a good question. I, it's not that I dislike Almeida. I think that he would be a good fit, honestly, um, the way that he, you know, his style of play. But I I we'll say that I hope we could get somebody better um, I, I, I LAC has really high ambitions as a club to, you know, win and, and also to be able to produce players and, and, you know, send them to Europe. I do like Almeida. I wouldn't be against it, but I would be hoping to get somebody better.
0: I mean, I don't know, man, CONCACAF manager of the year when he was in Mexico. The thing about Almeida is like, we haven't backed him at all. And our quality of player is not very high, but he can, you know, draw out every single inch of talent from a lot of players. Like, look at what he's done to Chofis, who was, you know, a bench warmer for Chivas kind of looked like his career was completely stalling, had off the field problems. And now he's three goals shy of Vela for the most goals by a Mexican in their first season in MLS in the history of the league. So I personally think Almeida – I don't know if you could get much better than Almeida. I'm being honest. That's the question, right? I think that Almeida at LAFC actually makes a lot of sense. I think you guys might struggle for consistency a little bit. I think you'd be a bit shaky at the back, which is – you know a bit of a problem con- considering that's one of your biggest weaknesses as it is you know with a lot of you've been dealing with a lot of injuries at the back you know rotating young center backs like fall you know who's been playing well but still wouldn't say he's like a cornerstone you could build you know one of the best defenses in the league in. and Almeida is not right. known for having one of the best defenses in the league but I can't help but think that you guys would score an unbelievable amount of goals under Matias Almeida
1: yeah and that's what that's what the LFC want to do. They want to be the team that scores more and wins by scoring more rather than, you know, playing defensively and winning one nil, like maybe a Thomas Tuchel likes to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any, any other last notes?
1: Uh, heading into the international break. Uh, yeah. Hopefully USMNT can, can get some wins um, and so get, get a solid, solidify a better spot um, in that CONCACAF octagonal, uh so hopefully that and then once we come back it'll be that game that we've been uh, you know previewing all all episode the lafc san jose game that we will be at it'll be an exciting one
0: and we've been previewing it for weeks now at this point
1: <laughs> that's true bit, we're, we're just and so excited for cool. it
0: we are very excited i'm very excited it should be a very fun day a very fun weekend in general but yeah, thank and you it will so be much. Your first time,
1: it will be your first time at the bank as well. It will be I'm my mistake. first time
0: at the bank. And this weekend was your first time at uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Correct. Correct. Right. I had never right. been, which I will say, um, I, I thought it would be worse. I, it's not a bad little park. It's, it, it's, what I like about it is this giant complex. It's very open. I, I never understood LA, LA Galaxy fans have always come to the bank and complained, oh, it's so tight. There's no space in the corridors to walk. Everyone's so cramped. I realize is they have a giant complex it 's not even a the one stadium right it 's the entire uh, complex with tennis courts and all this other stuff that is built at Cal State Dominguez Hills who are the owners of that stadium
0: yeah, but then the thing about the bank being tight is there 's an actual atmosphere at that stadium so
1: right absolutely <laughs> no i mean it 's true there was there was one LFC supporter section, obviously ROs and supporter section, and Galaxy actually have two supporters sections, so they have one behind their. Uh, their goal, and then they have another opposite side in the corner, um, and and we we're still louder than both combined.
0: Doesn't surprise me. I won't be. I I won't, uh, yeah. I'll be honest. Doesn't surprise me. Anyway, with that, thank you so much for listening. Be for to be sure to follow us on Twitter at u90football. That's u90football. Uh, We'll be with you next week to talk about the USMNT. Hopefully, uh, big, what, nine points um, for uh, World Cup qualifying. So, fingers crossed for that. Um, We'll see you then. Have a great rest of your week. And, uh, yeah, go, go, USA.